Welcome to Deadly Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison, a podcast on social entrepreneurship. Before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the uh, Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation on whose land we record. Now, today's guest, we have Mr. Bevan Malman. Bevan Malman is a uh, an indigenous lawman or lawyer. I don't know why I use the word lawman, but and works a lot in the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Bevan, uh, in the native title, um, land rights, um, different business, indigenous business practices or things they're trying to get implemented. You come as a legal aid and most often than not, you're providing a lot of pro bono, um, which a lot of us mob do because of our passion for our people. So, But I'll let you do the proper introduction so I don't uh, you know, stuff it up. So how are you going, Bevan? Yeah, great things, Isaac. I really appreciate uh, this time today with yourself and, and, and your listeners. So I appreciate that. Thanks, brother. And do you want to share a bit on, before we get into what you're doing now currently uh, in work, which is big things that I've heard of, mm-hmm. um, do you want to start, we'll start way back in the story. So I know as far as um, born, in, born in Mount Isa, is that correct? I was born in, uh, in uh, Charleville, which Charleville. is the gateway to the west. Ah, wow. And uh, countries around there, the Bidra people. Bidra people, uh, yeah. Uh, around the Carnarvon Ranges and... Um, we dad moved over to Mount Isa, Calcutta country. Yeah. And when uh, dad was a, a cowboy. Yeah. And travelling around um, a lot, rodeoing all through New South Wales, Victorian Queensland. And when he settled down a bit, he um, he just looked for a, a quiet life to raise the kids. So we settled in Mount Isa, where he was a caretaker of the rodeo grounds, the showgrounds. Oh, really? Really? So yeah. he must have been like one of the only people not employed by mining. <laughs> uh, eventually I was but I you know we, I earned my first five dollars chasing you um, a horse through the scrub so yeah go. wow and what did you do with that five dollars <laughs> can't remember mate it's probably lollies but <laughs> <laughs> no that's deadly and so growing up uh, Mount Isa then you know schooling there what was sort of you know what age you know what time was this sort of was this uh, uh, 70s the- 80s yeah, around the 70s, um, early 80s, I, I grew up in uh, Mount Isa, went to uh, Calcutta High School, yep. uh, and there was you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait people there, yep. and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a wonderful time, and I guess, you know, growing up in, in Mount Isa, and, and there's a lot of kids get into a lot of trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I got into a bit of trouble myself and ended up um, in and out of homes yep. for a period there. Yeah, wow. Um, down in uh, Wilson, which was in Brisbane. It's, I think it's closed down now. Yeah, okay. Um, where I um, escaped. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't the, uh, there, was a, there was a guy running around, I used to call him the Black Houdini. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> but I did escape um, when I was 13 and yep. um, headed a... Uh, Jumped train and headed up to uh, Cairns with a few Palm Islanders. Jumped a freight train. Yeah, wow. A bit wow. of Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> that's a bit. Of, um, you said your father was a cowboy, so I think I know where that's come through. And you, yeah. for our listeners, because I know you on a, mm. on a personal level, um, you've got uh, Maori culture as well. Yes, mum's uh, Tiaro and Nati Parau from uh, around Tokamara Bay in the North yep. Island, and um, and also Rotorua. So, Rotorua, yeah. and so you've indigenous culture, you've got Maori culture, and I yeah. suppose uh, what have we got? Anglo heritage, Australian heritage in there as well. Don't uh, know no of any. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Know of any? Yep. Um, but um, yeah, it's been a it's been quite a journey um, 
you know, uh, on the indigenous identification side because you don't really, you know, and yeah. eyes everyone's just everyone, you know. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Everyone just mixed together and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, and so how do you find, you know, growing up and identifying as, you know, do you identify as a Maori man or an Aboriginal man and, and what's your take on, you know, the differences with the culture and how they've progressed over in New Zealand versus over here in Australia? Mm. I think, uh, so I just grew up, Bevan, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I necessarily um, identified as Aboriginal because yeah. it's, you kind of don't have to, <laughs> in yeah. a sense, you know. And uh, I, I remember uh, being in a watch house um, and I, I was being um, fingerprinted as a kid and um, yep. for bacon enter. And I just remember looking in the men's section because I was too young, so they had to put me in the women's section. And yeah. I remember seeing a lot of Aboriginal, everyone was black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't really understand it because I was so young then. But, you know, many, many you know, years later, I understand, you know, what, uh, yeah, we understand now what's, what was going on. And, yeah. and um, certainly it's... it's um, part of you know my calling to support um those communities um, yeah that, that have been through those difficult times yeah. um as far as as far as difference between culture i think you know the it's great that you have corporate australia supporting um indigenous people yeah uh wonderful the raising and recent raising the bar initiative the, the commonwealth ipp state and ter- state ipps yeah, All great. yeah yeah that's great um, but the one thing that's important for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is for them themselves to take hold of the um, uh, the axe head. Isaiah, um, the book of Isaiah speaks of it. Um, yep. We, we um, once upon a time we carried the axe head yep. in our hands, and it's been lost for a time. So we've had, um, you know, uh, many other. Outsiders looking after us or looking over yeah, us, if you like. It's very yeah. much that head before the tail mentality, mm. isn't it? But, yeah, but now it's a time for us to to grab grab hold of the accent and take hold of those opportunities and join the leadership of the nation going forward. Yeah, um, which is which is probably the you know what I see as a difference between um, uh, Indigenous people in uh, yeah. back home in New Zealand yeah. and Indigenous uh, people back home in Australia as well. That you know, the, it's, t- it's our time. They've taken hold of the accent, and yeah. now it's for our, for us to take yeah. hold of our accent and the celebrate our cultures and yeah. traditions. And that's exciting. And it's you know the best people I've heard reconciliation is not one party giving recompense back. It's both parties being made whole. In this, Absolutely. you know, circumstance, it's not going okay. White Australia, give give me all the stuff back, because the people of those generations aren't the ones who are responsible, you know. Um, but yeah. it's like both. How do we both reward and exchange more than just a monetary thing? So, let's go back to the the story. So you're you've gone up north. You hanged out with the Palm Islanders. Pretty <laughs> crazy bunch. I remember playing touch footy against them in, in Queensland growing up. Pretty fast lot. Um, mm. I thought, always thought I was pretty quick, but then I got on the footy field with a bunch of Palm Islanders. And, Too busy um, surfing, bro. <laughs> what's that? Too busy surfing, eh? Too busy, yeah. Well, f- fishing in our, in our neck of the woods. Uh, not many blackfellas out there surfing. <laughs> Salt, <laughs> Salt Bailey's the only one. And so for me, um, to find out more, so you now end up, you know, now you're a lawyer. So how does that mm-hmm. go from a runaway train, Palm Island, to now legal? No, you sort of, uh, one thing, um, 
dad, the old man's thought, and um, you know, really uh, placed in my heart was that um, I could do anything. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and the world was at my feet. So when I was very young, I I went over overseas. I had a dream since I was eight to go to the Olympics, and yep. spent twenty years uh, chasing that dream. You know, won the Queensland title, placed at the nationals, and then went overseas. Yep. Um, and I think through that whole journey, you you grow in you nurture um, you know self control, self discipline, and and just this um, tremendous um, belief in yourself. Yeah. And uh, and coming back, um, you know. And what sport was that, Bev? Uh, judo, mate. Judo. Yeah. Judo. I'll make sure I don't uh, challenge you to a bit of a wrestling um, tussle yeah. uh, anytime soon. And so, twenty years pursued. Yes, eight till twenty-eight, and came back and started law around that time, my late twenties. Yeah. Um, I actually started in arts because I wanted to go to Japan to learn Japanese, and yep. uh, you know. When you're when you're in Mount Isa, which is you know pretty remote back then, still, yeah. still is. Yeah, you, you sort of you know, you know nothing about what universities offer. You know. Yeah, that's right. And then when you get a, a glimpse of one area, you, this whole world opens up. So I went from wanting to study Japanese to accounting to actually studying creative arts and studied a lot in Aboriginal literature. Yep. And then went on wow. to, to complete a, a law degree at Melbourne Business School, yep. sorry, Melbourne Law School, and then a, yep. an MBA at uh, Melbourne Business School as well. Yeah, wow. And I think it's just doors doors open up um, in the right environment with the right support yep. and take those opportunities. And would you say that you're a personality type that sort of goes with the flow or you're very intentional about you know where you want to end up. I think you've. I think you've got to have a bit of both. I'm. You know. Yeah. I. Um, you know the. You know, you know create doors open up and uh, and you step through them and sometimes it's uh, it's a doors that open that are unexpected. You know, I um, spent time as a as a youth in detention. I was a juvie. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, the door to university opened up. The door to law school opened up soon yeah. after. And then after that, the door um, to uh, Melbourne Business School, and, and I couldn't have scripted any of it. Yeah, wow. Someone's looking after you. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And um, so coming into, you know, finishing university, mm-hmm. were you like, all right, I'm a black fellow with a law degree, I'm going to go help my people? Or what happened there? What was... What was the what you know the steps that you know led you to um, you know having Jarama legal today? Yeah, no, I I wasn't thinking that. I was actually uh, at the complete opposite. So I yeah. come from communities with that face all those problems. I grew up with it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and uh, and was part of it as you know. And um, yeah. and I just I just wanted to not be involved in that. I wanted to go overseas, and you know I applied to Oxford and I was applying to Harvard. Yeah. And again, um, you know, um, after working at some great law firms here that gave me a Guernsey, um, Deacon's Lawyers, which is now Norton Rose Fulbright. Yep, yep. Only 20 years ago. He's yep. now my joint venture partner with Jeremy Legal. Yeah, uh, wow. Doors. Full doors circle. Just, yeah, I mean, I, I was headed overseas to, you know, be a great corporate lawyer, but yep. all of a sudden, having uh, made that uh, declaration a year later, I found myself... Um, spending the next three years working in remote communities, um, 95% pro bono. So yeah. that was a, 
<laughs> Couldn't have scripted it. <laughs> oh, that sounds like my life. <laughs> um, okay, so you end up in community, and you mm-hmm. obviously you're obviously loving it. And um, so, what do, you know, what does it look like? You know, one extreme. You know, I say it to a lot of people. One weekend, I'm eating dugong, mm-hmm. sea tur- uh, you know, cow and bungaroo sea turtle with my mm-hmm. hands, and the next week, I'm uh, eating liver, gravy, and onion getting told to properly use knife and forks with my uh, white grandma. And similar with you, you're going from a heavy culture of corporate world and, you know, um, dog-eat-dog sort of setup, and then you're out in a community where they've got nothing and they're heavily relying on um, the charity of others. Like, how do you sort of draw up those two, you know, comparisons? How do you how so, do you navigate? Yeah, how do, you, how do you sort of navigate through that? How do you sort of... Now, a lot of people, they want to have everything in a box, you know. That's the yeah. people out there in the bush, and we live in the city here. You know, what's the steps to, you know, bring equality or equity back to both both parties or balance? Yeah, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a um, I, you know, I believe in the Creator. I believe in God. I'm a, um, yeah. You know, I believe in um, Jesus, and I believe that His love and His Spirit is in everyone, and that, yeah. in, in essence, everyone... Um, has that love and that heart for each other, and I think that that's the what makes it so easy to um, traverse from you know remote communities, say Luma in the Kimberleys, to yep. you know some of the the, the, the large corporate um, companies. Because at the end of the day, you know we're really just all um, all uh, people, yeah, yeah, and we all um, at our very core have a deep love for each other, and that's yep. written in creation by. Um, by God, and and I think it's wonderful to be to share stories um, uh, to the Luma communities about the wonderful people um, in the corporate world. Yeah, that's good. Um, and vice versa. So that that makes it easy when you know that that um, that you understand spiritual things, that you understand that there is a love between all things. Yeah, um, and I think everyone you know wants to have. The same things, you know, food on the table, a roof over our head, Absolutely. and um, it's tying that together that we can all win, you know, together. There hasn't have to be us versus them. And you probably know with like Mount Isa, where you've got blue collar, white collar, living on the sides of the town. <laughs> it's about you know we're all trying to achieve something here together, and there's enough left on the table for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons. Um, Brother Isaac, that Jaron Maliga was set up, it means one mountain. Yeah. yeah. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be lifted yeah, up. Jeremiah. And all nations, all nations shall flow into it. So it was set up to, to speak a voice of um, what is right and what is just across the nation. To yeah. balance to balance things up so that when you do have deals, um, indigenous people are not eating the crumbs on the floor. Yeah, but are actually um, standing in the leadership, um, and as, as partners of some of these mining companies or the agribusiness companies or the solar yeah. um, companies. In that respect, I just uh, um, you know bless you, brother, for for the work that no, you're doing. No, no, I love that, well. and I say that a lot of people who ask my advice um, in community for projects is I can help with the framework. I can help with technicalities and, and where to go, but I'm no lawyer. I make that very clear. And uh, I think it's very important to have that legal advice for community, but 
and then educating um, First Nation people globally that just because someone rocks up in a suit with a suitcase, it doesn't mean you're about to get ripped off and <laughs> how we can do this um, for everyone to, to benefit. Um, and I think that's the, the steps taking forward as Indigenous people and um, what does an Indigenous lawyer look like, you know, one foot in both worlds and, and being that bridge between the two. And, um, you know, I really love what you, you guys are doing, Jeremy, and it makes me excited that you're partnered with, was it Norton Rose? Uh, Norton Rose Fulbright, they, I think they're global number four law firm. Yeah, wow. Um, and they, uh, as I said, they, they threw a Guernsey um, to me when 20 years ago when my uni marks weren't that good. And yeah. they said, look, we'll give you a shot. And, you know, um, 20 years later, I said to a friend, you know, out of our, our group, I was the yep. least likely to come back and set up a joint venture. And yet, um, <laughs> Here I am. So that's just, uh, you can't write the script, can you, brother? You, you can't write it. Well, you can, but it's probably you not can, gonna... but it won't work out as well. Uh, <laughs> what's, so what does that mean, partnering with someone with that capacity and capability? Yeah. What does it mean for Aboriginal people? So what does it mean? We want to, we want to set a legal framework across this nation, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and in particular where title is recognised. Yeah. Um, so that... Um, that legal framework is palatable to communities and is sensitive to their cultural and traditional values, yep. um, but is also welcoming to international and, and um, you know, even national investors, yeah? yep. so that you've created a point where people can meet yeah? yep. and pe- people can work the land, and as you said, where everyone um, can prosper. So rather than, you know, you know leasing things out yep. to... Yep. Um, other companies, yep. you know, yep. Indigenous people will be part of that um, joint venture leaseholder, yeah, and, so. and and look to, you know, and bring down the vision for their land in in agribusiness, in in renewable energy, which is what you're doing in, in other areas. So we we see the next um, two hundred years, yeah, yeah, uh, very different to the last where um, this nation will, will come together and I believe will set a blueprint for all the nations yeah. um, as to, you know, how um, we all should walk together. Yeah, how two different cultures share um, that one piece of land. And it's everywhere, you know, Malaysia have na- uh, First Nations people. We've got the islands of Micronesia. We've got the South Sea Island bloodline as well to Vanuatu. And it's everywhere, yeah. you know, Native America, um you know, South America, Central America, and there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, listen, I want my culture still, and yeah. I want to live in accordance to the land and creation and those ancient, you know, laws that have been set down, foundations. Mm. Um, but I also want to be a part of um, the the modern world. And so I think what you're doing is amazing. And I was going to ask you about JVs, but you sort of answered it then. But I'll ask you about um, mm-hmm. Native title, you know, for Australians, white Australians, um, migrant Australians, when they hear the word native title, or native mm. title claim or holding, what does that what does that mean? If I were engaged, say I was a farmer and I wanted to talk to mob about using their land, I want to put a farm on there. You know, what does that look like in real terms out on out on site? Well, you probably I'd speak to uh, 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 Mr. Tony McAvoy, SC, who's uh, uh, Australia's first silk Aboriginal silk and um, He's definitely the expert on, on that, but, you know, certainly um, you 
at a high level in where native title is recognised. Yeah. There's, there's a, there, there may be a requirement, there is a requirement to uh, talk to um, the traditional estate mining, to talk to the traditional owners yeah. um, so that the mining company can enter into a now, indigenous land use agreement, yep. potentially, or yep. there, there are other, other arrangements. I understand, yep. but but Isaac, my 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 view is that regardless of those frameworks, um, as long as you have uh, the right the right commercial understanding, the right tradition, and the right values, and yep. you have the right people at the table, you can navigate within or without outside of that no no title framework. And bring forth some wonderful opportunities for those communities. And I think, I think everyone wants that. You know, the yeah. BHPs, the Rio yeah. Tinders, everyone wants that. It's just a matter of having the right people and the right expertise on both sides yeah. of the table to to bring that, you know, opportunity forward. Hundred yeah, percent. I think, you know, once we we come out of, and in a way, that is a reliance on a federal Commonwealth government. Um, but once we realise as Aboriginal people, true self-determination where we go, hang on, we've got talented brothers and sisters in law, we've got talented brothers and sisters in business, we've got talented um, brothers and sisters in other professional services, why don't we leverage them, bring them into country and work this one-on-one with Fortescue or Shell or whoever we're talking to um, to have the benefit. And that's what really excite me, excites me and when I get to travel around you know, up to Darwin and and you know Adelaide and talk about the different Aboriginal businesses is it's not so much how much money they're turning over what they're doing, but it's who they're doing it with, and it just surprises yeah. me. You know, you got old aunties getting buses, um, transporting Fortescue stuff like that stuff's just like you said you can't write the script for that. Mm. You know, you got old auntie pulling up in a bus and say, "Hey, get on there, young fella." It's just like who would have thought that? You know, twenty thirty years ago. Yeah, no, it's. It's a wonderful time, and it's only it's only going to grow. And this, I believe the partnerships between the corporate world and uh, and Indigenous nations, will, which will, will grow, yeah. and that's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Excellent. And now we've got Senator Wyatt there. Um, yes, Mr. Wyatt. So that's exciting times. And we'll finish up with the future, Bev. Now I know you're mm. a bit of a futurist. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> What? Give me a vision. Give me a prophecy of what uh, the future looks like for Aboriginal Australians and uh, our countrymen and uh, the islands around us. What does it look like? With a with a uh, a white paper, and <laughs> we don't have to have a, the white paper, but with a white paper, develop Northern Australia. Yeah, um, which will lead to developments in the South. Yeah, yeah, where that land is seventy percent under some form of Aboriginal title. Yeah. yeah, where the Kimberley region, which is ninety-four percent held, I understand, under some form of title, native title. Yeah, um, and as I said, has been declared as the economic powerhouse of the future. Yeah, yeah? I see a future where Indigenous na- this nation will rise from the very dust. Yeah, that they shall we shall rebuild our communities. Yeah. And those communities will be a shining light, not to this, not just to this nation, but to all nations. That there will be a, a food bowl, yeah, um, in the north, yeah, and in the spirit of oneness, yeah, with Aboriginal people in the leadership, with yep. others, um, we will bless the nations. That's what I see. That's right, a blessing to others. 
would be a blessing, blessing to, to each other first. Wherever you want to look and see, what did that? What? What happened uh, there? Look, look to this nation and and say, well, what what just happened? That nation. What did this nation do? Australia. Yeah. Um, that changed everything. And that's a spirit of reconciliation. That leads to the spirit of partnership. That leads to the spirit of oneness. Very exciting. Oh, you've motivated me, Bev, that's for sure. I believe you on Bill Nigel, you said, uh, gathered you, man, like Bill Nigel, you said, we're all, you know, um, we're all of uh, one blood, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, very, as a lawman, but he, he knew that all, all men were of one blood. Acts 17:26. I've created all nations of men of one blood. To them, I've set out the boundaries of their habitation. So we're all one, brother. We all, all need right. to come together in unity. And we all have our jobs to do as well as a team. So thanks so much, Bev, for coming on. Look forward Appreciate to it, getting you on in the future and find out what's been happening and hopefully to share some stuff that we'll be working on together in the future. Yeah, look forward to it. So, look forward to it. Uh, young man, you're um, in touch. Bless you and and everything that you're doing as well. Cool. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Okay. See you, brother. Bye-bye.